so welcome back to the Coffee and Anti-Racism podcast. I'm Rebecca Hemmings, the CEO of Strawberry Words, and we talk about race. We normalize conversations about race and racism, particularly within the workplace. And I'm really so excited for this. I mean, I'm always excited, but I'm particularly excited because I'm speaking to Ruth Power from Birmingham Hippodrome, um, who is the Director of People and Culture. And just before I bring you in, Ruth, um, I just want to say that we've had a relationship, Strawberry Words has had a relationship with the Hippodrome uh, since 2021. Um, off the back of the Black Lives Matter movement, we've helped the organization through consultation and training. And, you know, one of the things I'm always, well, I'm asked constantly, uh, regularly by people is, well, do you think people and organizations really mean it when they say they want to make change? Because quite often what ethnic minorities will see, well, they won't see evidence of that. They'll see the black squares having gone up um, for social media and so on. And they'll see the, the statements that were made during the Black Lives Matter protest but there's not been much follow through for some organizations. Now, um, Birmingham Hippodrome isn't one of those organizations. And this is why I was really keen to bring somebody on and, 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 and Ruth is here representing today. And so I'll, I'll be quiet and allowed to say something, um, but just to say welcome and thank you so much for speaking with me today. Welcome. Thank you, thank you for having me. It's, uh, it's a great honor to be part of your podcast and, and being able to talk about the work that you've helped hippodrome to achieve so thank you so much no you're you're very welcome and you know i know a lot of work has been happening um well it's always happening and we only know part of the story and a lot of people who are listening won't know any of this so um to, let's just get straight into it and i first i want to start with yourself because i know that you are an expert in all things human resources right that's what i've read <laughs> so it's on the birmingham hippodromes website and you joined the hippodrome in 2022 right yes yeah yes. i've been that's there just over a year yeah yeah so you've had a whole history before um the hippodrome so what was it in what what is it about human resources that got you well, into the work and excited about it um, I think when you speak to a lot of HR people, they'll talk about how they, how they fell into HR. And mm. um, I didn't really fall into it. I, I'd had a career in uh, various charities that mainly focused on volunteer recruitment and youth projects. Mm. And through various restructures, my role had then changed into training delivery mm. and, and, and overseeing that. And that wasn't where my passion was it, it was specifically first aid training so it was very right one kind of thing that you were just training over and over and it just it just it just wasn't right for me so I I stepped away from that and took a temp job in HR just while I was figuring things out and yeah. then two weeks into that temp job I booked myself onto a local college course in HR and it's like this is it I found yeah. it I found what it. was that it what was that thing that made it the right place for you to be I think I think it ties in well with my personality in yeah. that I like I like data I like processes I like high standards of work mm. but my main personal value is fairness yes and yeah I was able to combine those two things how can yes. we treat people really well how can we get them 
um, to enjoy going to work, to really be fulfilled in what they do, mm. whilst also scratching that I like numbers, I like yeah. data, I like processes. Itch. Yeah. And that's been a really useful combination, actually, because yes. it's put in the, the heart behind the numbers as well. So, yeah, absolutely. And, and that makes complete sense that you would go for the role of director of people and culture. Let's check it um, <laughs> at the Hippodrome. So um, what was it particularly that appealed to you about the Hippodrome? Because obviously the role came up and, you know, mm -hmm. you've seen it somewhere. You thought, oh, yeah, that could be right for me. What was it about the Hippodrome in particular? Well, I've always been, a, I've always loved the theatre and been a massive theatre goer. Um, and I'm from Birmingham, from the West Midlands. And so the Hippodrome is somewhere I visited as a child and um, up until even applying mm. with friends, family and even on my own. So when I saw the role, I thought, oh, my goodness, this is this is just this would be amazing. Yeah. And how could I not apply for it? Yeah. I didn't for a moment think I'd get it though. It was just really? one of those, someone gives you a free lottery ticket. Why, why wouldn't you take it and have a go? Yeah. And I think that was because of my misconception yes. um, about what working in the arts was. Right. I thought, there's no way I'm going to get it because I don't have an arts and culture background. Right. I'm not a performer. Yeah. Um, and I'm not as gregarious as I thought mm. everyone in the arts was. Mm. Now, I, I was really fortunate to get the role, but I realised actually you don't need to be all those things no. to work in the arts. No. And I took the punt because I love the Hippodrome. Yeah. But how many people don't because they think you need to be a certain type of person when actually... Yeah. You really, really do not. And, and that's one of the things I'm trying to change. That, and I think that's so important to bring that up because I think, particularly in this line of work, people can have a certain perception of an organisation just based on what they see online, just by based on what they've heard or just visually what they see. Mm -hmm. And that can be so different from what the truth is. Yeah. Um, because I, and this is another reason why I, you know, I just want to say, this is what the Hippodrome is doing. Because I don't know how many people know that. Um, and so I'm gonna take it back a bit. I, I know you started last year, but you'll be aware of some of the history um, of the anti-racism and diversity work the Hippodrome has been doing. So um, as I mentioned previously, you know, 2020, in fact, you know, yesterday um, was the, the anniversary, if you like, of um, the, the death of George Floyd. Mm -hmm. And so what that brought up, yes, with the Black Lives Matter protests, but it also, it also then, it was, it's an, an awakening for many organizations to start to think about what are we doing um, for our black employees? Uh, how are we being fair? Um, and, and statements were made and all that sort of stuff. And so, you know, where we are now, and I saw a lot of posts about it yesterday, where, okay, there are lots of organizations who said they're gonna do amazing things, but where is the action? Because unfortunately the pattern for some organizations, as I said, has been to sit, make great statements to posture, if you like, but then not to follow through with the actions. So can you talk to me about some of the actions that Birmingham Hippodrome took to redress the balance, to um, kind of 
face that issue head on, some of the issues regarding um, disparities that ethnic minorities and black um, creatives and employees face. Yeah, absolutely. And the Hippodrome was then and is now still on a journey and mm. th there's never going to be a final destination because things are always evolving and we're always evolving to meet the needs of society and and our communities so in 2020 as a, as you mentioned the hippodrome signed up to the more than a moment pledge yes and for those that don't know um it's uh, west midlands are sector promise um, to commit to ensuring equity and investment in and opportunities with and for black artists and creatives mm. and within that's that, run by cultural central right yes it, it yes. yeah it, it it was a partnership and it uh elizabeth uh bennett no uh elizabeth lowell lowell ah yes <laughs> i've got too many elizabeths in my head yes 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 um she she is one of our board members actually which is fantastic and um chris sudworth who is one of our directors works really closely with more than a moment on how we can ensure that all those statements within those pledges that we're holding up to and that we report on those every year so one of them for, for instance um talks about the Rooney rule yes. so so that for those that don't know a bit like um perhaps a scheme that people are more familiar with which was the disability to tick scheme mm. where if anyone met the anyone with a disability met the minimum essential criteria for a role then they would automatically be offered an interview yes so it's making sure that we are removing any barriers mm. um for people who should be interviewing for our roles and so therefore we have the names aren't displayed mm. when we when people are shortlisting for roles and it will alert us mm. um, should any ethnic minority be meeting that criteria um, to make sure for certain that they will get interviewed so this, that's just one example yeah. of things from the pledge that we have taken on to ensure as an organization yeah. we can we can open those doors for everybody yeah. Um, Sorry to interrupt you. I just wanted to quickly tell you about Crafting Compassionate Cultures, Strawberry Words' flagship online learning hub designed for organisations to become equitable, diverse and, and inclusive through our online CPD accredited courses, quizzes, bite-sized videos, resources and so much more. Avoid discrimination litigation, create safe workplaces, attract and retain ethnic minorities. Look, email us at admin at strawberrywords.co.uk. Now back to the episode. Um, I talked about uh, Elizabeth being on the on the board, which which is fantastic. And there was a commitment before I joined to diversify uh, the board. And so when I joined, yes. there was, um, you know, a number of people representative of the city yes. that added such, um, I talked about Elizabeth, there's True Pal, yeah. and um, we've just we've just come a long way into what voices are being um, part of those conversations of the, of the Hippodrome's future moving yes. forward, and it yeah. just adds a different layer, a different richness, a different perspective, new ideas. Absolutely. Um, 
So I've only ever experienced the hippodrome with all this yes. greatness as far as the board's concerned. But there was a big there was a big push before I joined to make sure yeah. that that happened. Um, so that that's been that's been really fabulous. And but it goes, it cuts through the hippodrome at all levels of where we're trying to make that change and have that representation. So we also have an inclusion and anti-racism working group. Yeah. And that's open to all of our workforce. And um, that can be our, our employees, our casual workers, um, our volunteers mm-hmm. can all sit on that group and tell us their experiences, what they've overheard, what they feel, what their, their ideas are. Because we can sit as directors and think, oh, yeah. this is what we should be doing. Mm-hmm. But in reality, when that comes into practice, does that translate? Yeah, yeah. And um, so, the 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 working group has been on a journey again to find its own voice. Yeah. And um, worried, can we say this if there's a yeah. director in the meeting? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please do. Yeah. And had a recent really fabulous meeting with that group, and and some great ideas came out of it. So it's um, it's it's just it's just wonderful that we're, we're we've been able to move. Why in a short space of time? Massively so. I mean, because what comes to mind for me is obviously for Strawberry Words, we've been delivering training. And I've got to say that, and this is not to big up Strawberry Words, even though I am. It's to say that, you know, I felt the right approach was taken in that the training started with the the board first and foremost. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's always our advice is to start with the people at the top, if you like, for want of a better term, so that so so they get it, they understand what some of the issues are, and then that training has been rolled out to all employees. So by um, you know everybody who's worked with us knows that we have very honest conversations when it comes to mm-hmm. very safe conversations, but open, challenging, um, honest conversations about race. So if every employee has done that. It makes sense to me that when you say the inclusion group have, um, you know, have brought forth certain ideas and, you know, and which might have perhaps um, been seen as controversial or maybe people might have felt nervous about to talk about before, I can understand why they might take that risk because they know that they're in a culture that isn't afraid to broach difficult topics when it comes mm-hmm. to diversity. That's- <laughs> and and you know what the the work that strawberry words has done has has made a really big difference to some individuals more than others and if it's enabled those individuals to have a voice because there's only so much an organization can say yeah we want to hear it we want to yeah. hear it but yeah. sometimes having an external person just give that little bit of a push I mean like, it's okay it's okay and this is how this is how you can protect yourself if you're worried about raising any concerns and so and so that 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 has been really helpful and the way we rolled out the training rather than just being one of those organizations that says yeah we we gave everyone anti-racism training therefore we're we're not we're not racist anymore Mm -hmm. it's it's not it's not as simple as that and it had to be a stage process you yeah you spoke about spoke about the the directors and the board having the training first Mm. we then got in touch with an inclusion architect who came in and worked with us to really understand 
what is your strategic approach to inclusion mm. and really, really challenged us. Mm -hmm. And what it ultimately came down to was that Birmingham Hippodrome wants to ensure that everyone who has a Hippodrome experience feels joy and happiness. Yes. And to do that, we need to be inclusive. Well, can I just say, I'm going to jump in here. I was at the Hippodrome just last week for the, uh, oh, what's her name? Judy Love yes. show. Oh my gosh, did I feel <laughs> joy and happiness? And not just in terms of Judy Love herself. But the environment, now, I don't know. I, I, I can't say it's as a direct result of all these interventions, but I know I didn't, sometimes in that sort of environment, you can feel um, as though you're treated as suspicious. You can feel as though people uh, know that you're different and assume that you don't know how to be in a theatre. I didn't get any of that. Oh, great. It was just so relaxed. And, and you could just tell from the mood, um, that people just were able to enjoy the experience. So I imagine it is part of the work that the Hippodrome has been doing that has contributed to, the, to that sort of environment. I absolutely do. Yeah. I'm so glad you had a great experience. <laughs> I did, truly did. Yeah. But really. it's, you know, even if we think about in inclusion wider, we did a, so the, the strawberry words path that people went on, We you had your bog standard e-learning that every organisation churns out that was stage one stage two was then the time to talk about race yes. online course mm -hmm. which isn't like traditionally learning where it's a slideshow that you just keep clicking through their their videos they're talking to people um and then the third stage was the face-to-face -face training yes. so it was about constantly growing that yes. knowledge at each of the stages and because of the way people learn and interact there's going to be different points within that journey that will resonate more yes, because they feel more comfortable with online learning because they learn more by talking with a group yes. of people sat around them so it was um it's been a, a really good model mm. to make sure it feels authentic uh, for people thank you that's that's really good to have that reflected back and you know it's what i also picked up on is the fact that people had the opportunity to they had the time to think things through and they had you know when they were doing the online stuff that was a safe space for them mm -hmm. and you know that had a chance to marinate but then you know people are naturally curious and so by then knowing that that's a shared experience amongst you know colleagues they had that kind of safe space to be able to have those discussions because I must admit when when we well must admit I'm, I'll, I'll just say that when we were in the sessions um <laughs> some of the most wonderful sessions we've ever had um just because People were ready to have the conversation, whereas sometimes when it's people's first time, they, you know, we have to break down the barriers and make sure that they feel comfortable enough to talk. But the majority of employees were ready to talk, which yeah. is good. Yeah. And that's also testament to them because there's a lot of passion yeah. um, in the organisation for people wanting to make that change. It's, it's it's very apparent, very apparent, very lovely people to work with. And so thank you. OK, um, I've just got a couple more questions. Um, I'm going to ask you a bit of a difficult one now. Um, so the, all this has happened and we try and re remain realistic, you know, because as you said a few times, you know, there's still a, you know, it's, it's a journey. You know, you're still on the hippodrome is still on that journey. So what in your mind? Um, is to what's next, what remains to be done? Obviously there will always be things to be done, but in, mm -hmm. let's say in the next, you know, 
three to five years, what else needs prioritizing? It's, 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 it's a really good question. And is it a simple answer? I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, it's, a, it's about really that continued, that continued growth and the Hippodrome can't do it in isolation. And we have to work with our, our region. We have to work with our sector to break down any barriers that they have. And we have to form, you know, part of an ecology that looks at how are we gonna make a change moving forward? Mm. Because it's, it's no good for the Hippodrome to create an amazing safe space if people mm. are then going into other similar venues that they associate, might associate um, a Hippodrome experience with, they receive a negative experience and then assume the Hippodrome is the same. Yeah. So it's about how the next step really for us is to continue the work that we have been doing, but on, on a broader scale, how can we make influences elsewhere? How can we support other arts venues to, um, how can we share our learning? Because yeah. the, that's only benefiting everybody. Yeah. It's not, oh, look, we're the best because we've done this. Actually, you could do it too. Yeah. Um, because, oh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because often their audiences are our audiences and, yeah. you know, what's going to their venues might be coming to our venues yeah. uh, in terms of the programme. So what the Hippodrome now needs to do over the next five years, the ambition is how can we contribute wider you know we're not perfect there's still so much we can do but let's look at the things that we've done well and help others to do the same absolutely and that's really what my goal is for how we can we can make a wider impact um beyond our four walls but i mean that's 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 brilliant and you know what's going through my mind now is is that this, the learning, even just from us having this conversation, the learning for other organizations, it's there, you have the model, you know? So even outside of the creative sector, there are lots of, there's lots of other organizations can learn from what the Hippodrome is doing, has done. Um, and I think the being transparent about that journey is so key. And that's what I love is that you can just literally go on the Hippodrome's website, type in inclusion and diversity and see what you've been, what the organization has been up to. That is huge in itself. You've said, look, we're doing this and there are updates on what's being done. Massive, massive. So, you know, um, whilst acknowledging, just like with all organizations, the Hippodrome isn't perfect, it, but it's doing the work. Mm -hmm. doing the work and, and that's to be commended um unfortunately i have to bring this interview to a close but i do have one final question mm -hmm. and and it again pertains to other organizations and it's just what advice would you give based on your experience and the hippodrome's experience um on any organization that's either uh, wanting to start its anti-racism journey or that is already on that journey yeah um it's easier than you think, I guess, it, it is what is what I'd say. And do it because you should, not because you have to. Mm -hmm. And for those for those organizations that are doing it because they think they have to or, or they're they're ticking a box, then educate yourself. 
yeah. read books, listen to podcasts, go to networking meetings, read articles to understand why the need for change is vital. Because when you understand that, that why will drive your authenticity and then your success in any initiatives that you might you, you might put forward. So if you're thinking, oh, we just need to do this yeah. wrong, yeah. start again, learn a bit, pause, yeah. learn, and then pick it back up. Absolutely. I think that's really, really important. And then for those that struggle with where to start or worry about their budgets maybe or or not having a big enough budget to get in an inclusion architect or to pay for external people to come and do their training just start with something with 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 anything um and if you take that one step forward then before you know it you'll have walked 100 meters and within that you'll have all these milestones and you can be putting on your website Actually, we've we've got um, an inclusion anti-racism library on our fourth floor. We've got um, we've got training um, schedule for the year where we're going to be doing we're going to anonymise our applications. You know, there's there's really there's really straightforward things that people can do at very little cost or, or, or even free. Absolutely. And then I would say just ins- en- ensure it's everyone's responsibility. Yes. Do not just employ one person as your and that's not to say don't employ people who would have that as a focus, but it doesn't fall to one person to make sure that you are an inclusive organisation. Everybody, everybody needs to buy into it and, and be accountable. Yes. Um, and then just be an organisation that supports each other in rectifying mistakes. So if a mistake's made, but it was well-intentioned, mm. then help that person learn or help yeah. that team learn. Mm-hmm. because that's 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 where that's where you grow yeah cancel cancel culture <laughs> I, I said that <laughs> um because fear is where we fail yeah and if people are worried about saying I think I might have messed up here they're going to hide it from you yes. and then it's going to come out so just let people say oh my goodness I think I've just dropped a blunder or 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 whatever it may be and then you okay yeah how can we learn from this as an organization we're all human we all make mistakes absolutely Absolutely. yeah oh that's all beautiful so um well thought out thank you so much for your time thank you for the energy you know i'm thanking you and the hippodrome for your desire to make change thank you for the action that's been taken thank you for the passion thank you for sharing the journey not only on the website but with me today and in in any other way that you're doing it um and I just wish you all the best of luck on that journey because I know that will and is positively impacting ethnic minorities and and other marginalized groups because it's not just anti-racism that uh, the hippodrome is focused on but just to say thank you on on all our behalves um because that's that's all that people are asking for is to be treated fairly and you're committed to doing that as an organization so truly thank you you're welcome and thank you so much for having me and uh, i hope to see people in the hippodrome and at arts venues all over the city very soon